We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back into the Force to Punt podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. Uh, thank you guys for joining us each and every week. Uh, hopefully you're still in playoff contention. We've only got a couple of more weeks before we start getting into the fantasy postseason as we are headed into week 10 of NFL action. Sadly, the Kansas City Chiefs are on by this week, so do not start your Kansas City Chiefs players. Uh, but there's some decent matchups that we're going to get into today. As always, I'm joined by my guy, Dusty Likens. Dusty, what's going on? Let's do this, man. It's been a fun uh, fun morning. It's nice and frosty outside. Let you know winter's like almost around the corner. Or the cliche Game of Thrones winter is coming, which means playoff football, not only for the season, but it's creeping up for the fantasy owners. Sirda, I looked at the schedule, and I started to look at matchups for weeks 12 through 14 and 15. We'll get to that, obviously, a little bit later. But, hey, man, CMC was back, and now, again, we're, we're nervous again. Yeah, and I suppose we could start there. Um, it's frustrating for the Christian McCaffrey owner if you know, you've spent all season kind of stashing him on your bench, waiting for him to get back to help you make this late season playoff push and get into the postseason, try to carry you to a championship. And he looked fantastic against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Um, He was a clear number one back. Mike Davis still had a couple of catches, but he only had one carry in that game. Uh, He wasn't involved, but Christian McCaffrey did end up leaving late with the shoulder injury that he suffered on a hit from Daniel Sorensen. And, you know, I hope that Christian McCaffrey is going to be fine. It doesn't sound like it's that serious. Like they're, you know, they're kind of taking it day by day, seeing how he feels. And so there's still a chance he could play this week against the Bucks. It is an absolutely brutal matchup. So honestly, if, you know, if Carolina can get by this week without him, I'm fine with them just not playing Christian McCaffrey this week. And, you know, hopefully if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, you had Mike Davis and you held on to Mike Davis just in case. I did not condone dropping him in any way uh, because he is going to have a favorable schedule moving forward after this week in a tough matchup against the Bucks, uh, Lions bad against opposing running backs. Vikings, not terrible. They've still been solid against the run. They're, they're much worse against the pass. You can run on the Broncos. You can run on the Packers. Uh, and then Washington and Saints are kind of 
Now, the Saints are a terrible matchup, but Washington's kind of so-so. And the Saints are in Week 17, so hopefully you don't have a Week 17 championship game. So that's I, that's three games in his final five that are very favorable a, after this week, that are, that are his final six, that are very favorable matchups for your fantasy roster. So let's just hope the Panthers can get our guy healthy because I know me and you definitely need him in our fantasy lineups down the stretch. It was insane just, like, seeing how quickly he was such an impact. Like, I know no one cares about individual fantasy teams. So I hadn't had Chris McCaffrey as long as anybody else hadn't. And somehow in my draft in this one league, Mahomes had fallen to the third round. So I had the first overall pick, so I took McCaffrey first, first round, Mahomes first in the third round. Well, in the first couple weeks of the season, I was blowing teams out, and then Game started to go down. It just shows you the impact that he can have for one roster and why in the last few years you've seen people that have won their championships. The high percentage amount of people that win their championships had probably Christian McCaffrey in their roster, so the importance of him is insane. You hit the nail on the head with this week coming up with the Tampa Bay Bucks and their uh, run defense. I mean, you saw what they did to Alvin Kamara on Sunday night. Um, even though they got blown out in that game, Kamara still didn't have a huge game. Um, but it is kind of nerve wracking seeing where he's at. Um, but just last week, you know, my fantasy team puts almost 150 points lead the league because why? Because of the importance of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And he's still an unbelievable player. Like I think right now you would take Dalvin cook is probably your running back one. I still think Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in football. Uh, it's just that he he just hasn't been able to play this season, and you know hopefully we move past that after this injury, and he can stay healthy and stay in your lineup moving forward because he's an unbelievable player. And Dalvin Cook's been absolutely unbelievable, and I still think Christian McCaffrey is the number one running back in fantasy football. Obviously, Alvin Kamara has been absolutely incredible this season, but what uh, what Dalvin Cook has done the last two games only like two or three other running backs have ever done in NFL history. Like he's been absolutely bananas. So. Hopefully Christian McCaffrey gets healthy. Hopefully he gets back in your lineup, and hopefully we make that fantasy playoff push. Uh, but there's a lot of good games this week. Um, it's getting tough for me in my survivor pool. I don't really know who I'm going to take this week. I wish I wouldn't have taken the Packers last week because uh, Ben, Big Ben for the Steelers is now on the COVID list, so there's some concern about, what's, about whether or not he's going to be healthy. Uh, he could be cleared by Saturday as long as he gets negative tests all week. So hopefully we get Ben into our lineups. Um, but let's uh, let's take a look at the Thursday night football matchup. It should be a good game. Uh, uh, two highly competitive AFC South teams. The Colts are looking like they're going to be vying for a, a playoff spot. Their defense has been one of the surprises of the NFL season. Their defense is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the Titans' defense is not fantastic. But they're still a very good football team, very competitive football team. And Dusty, my guy, A.J. Brown, is an absolute star, a wide receiver one that you put into your lineup each and every week, and you don't even think about it. No, yeah, it's uh, it's top seven-ish, I think, maybe, is where we can go with A.J. Brown because of just how explosive he is. Like, it's... I'm going to say it. I don't know why I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say it's almost like he's T.O., like prime T.O. I don't know if that's a stretch, but the way he's played this year when he's on the field, when he's healthy, he is literally unstoppable, and he has so many great attributes for a receiver, wide receiver one, that is, 
Uh, doesn't drop a lot of passes. Explosive on slant routes. Can take anything to the house. Can get jump balls. He's he's too good for Ryan Tannehill. That's what it is. But he makes Ryan Tannehill look that great. Like he has Derrick Henry and he has AJ Brown. But AJ Brown is a guy you plug, you save, you keep there. The only reason you wouldn't play him is if he's on a bye week. That's literally the only reason you wouldn't play AJ Brown. In fact, I would take AJ Brown as a top five receiver next year in fantasy drafts if you didn't already this year. Yeah, he's going to be uh, in fantasy draft sex season. He's easily going to be a late first round, early second round type of pick. And, and he should be because even in a, a Titans low volume passing offense, A.J. Brown has still been absolutely nuts. Like the the fact that him and D.K. Metcalf were on the same college team is still going to be something that just makes absolutely no sense to me. Like how are those college Stupid. teams not better? Like. A.J. Brown, he's just, when you look at him out on the football field, he's just bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody else, like D.K. Metcalf. Like, they're both just freaks. Like, it, it, it's <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Since since A.J. Brown came back from, he was dealing with that, uh, with that banged-up knee for a little bit, he's been absolutely nuts. Like, it's, this is his stat line since coming back. 82 yards and a touchdown, 58 yards, two touchdowns, 153 yards and a touchdown. Quiet game against Cincinnati, but that was a bad game. That was one of those weird, like, windy games. 24 yards, still found the end zone. Last week, 101 yards and a touchdown against a Chicago defense that has shut down opposing wide receivers all season. Like, he is just an unstoppable force like DK Metcalf is. And he has to be in your lineup every week without question. You don't even con- you don't even consider ever benching it. I'd also like to know how many of those big games that he had where he had the 100 yards plus, how many of those games is what? I know he had one last week, I'm pretty sure, where he had a touchdown of at least 35 yards or more where he literally just takes it and then burns people to the house. He's done that several times this year. Yeah, he's fast enough to burn you deep. And he's also, I, I mean, similar to DK Metcalf and what he's done all season is that he can beat you over the top, and even when the coverage is good, he can jump and get the ball, and he's just stronger than you, so you're not going to overpower him. And so there's just not that much you can do. You can play perfect coverage. You're just not going to stop him. Like, if you get if you get him in one-on-one coverage, it's over. Even, even if you're, you're you know, hip, hip-to-hip with him, you don't stand a chance because you're not stronger than him. You're not going to jump higher than him, and you're probably not faster than him. He's unbelievable. I love AJ Brown so much. I wish I had him in all of my dynasty leagues. Unfortunately, I don't have him in any of them. You um, get his jersey? I might. I'll, I'll consider it. He's that He's good. Jersey worthy. I, I like him. I like him that much. He's that unbelievable. Uh, He's jersey worthy. But the rest of the Titans' offense. Um, it, it is a tough matchup for Derrick Henry. I would like to note, um, and, and Derrick Henry coming off of a quiet game, obviously, as well. But I do believe over the last two seasons, the Colts have only allowed 100-yard rusher. I'd have to double-check that. I think I'm quoting that correctly off the top of my head. They've only allowed 100-yard rusher over the last two years, and that was Derrick Henry. So the Colts' run defense has been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, they they shut pretty much everybody down that they play, but Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry, and we know that all it takes is for him to break a couple of tackles, and he could take it seventy yards if he needs to take it seventy yards. So you're still putting Derrick Henry in your weekly lineup. Um, I, I'm curious how you feel about 
Corey Davis and Johnny Smith. Corey Davis is quietly having a very, very productive season. And since A.J. Brown has come back, it's really hurt Johnny Smith's stock, not Corey Davis. Corey Davis is still getting targets. He he had a bad game last week, but uh, it wasn't a great matchup. But uh, but when it comes to Johnny Smith, Johnny Smith started the season as like you know a, a top three tight end in the NFL, and he did wind up scoring a touchdown late last week against the Bears. But he only had two catches for thirty two yards in the score, and that was his first touchdown since October 13th. So he went almost a calendar month without finding the end zone. Obviously, you're putting Johnny Smith in your lineup moving forward because tight end is is terrible, but I feel like Corey Davis is going to get the more consistent volume over Johnny Smith. He's kind of played himself into this touchdown-dependent tight end territory. Yeah, but I think the thing that's important to know about Johnny Smith is that, yeah, he goes at before this last week, he went two for 29, one for nine, one for 13. And then, of course, he had the blow-up game against Buffalo where he was five for 40 with two touchdowns. The thing about those other numbers is they are kind of skewed. They played Pittsburgh in week seven. They played Cincinnati in week eight. Like you said, that Cincinnati game was weird. Pittsburgh's defense is outstanding. But we look at John and Smith, he's a red zone target. Like, that's just where Tannehill uses him the most, and that's where he used him in that Chicago game. And I know that it's hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm I'm like you, sir. I mean, I I was big on John Smith this year. He's still a top ten tight end. And if you're going to take that number and break it down, tight end's been atrocious to try to follow because you think of the top three. So then you just got to get it right in the next four or five. Well, John Smith's one of those guys that you just have to ride week for week. Personally, for me, he did have those terrible three weeks. He played tough defenses, but the teams that he played in the first few weeks, he's going to play again. And there were big numbers for John Smith. Like you said, he was a top five tight end. So for me, I plug him in every week because he's good enough and has enough potential to where he can do what he did last week. Even if it is only two for 32 and a touchdown, that's on average at least 11 points in most full point PPR leagues. That's a pretty damn good number for a tight end this year than trying to have a headache every week where you're like, oh, do I go... Do I do Gusecki? Do I do Knox? Who's going to be the guy? Do I do Richard Rodgers? If you've got a guy like John Smith, just plug him in the spot and just let it go. He's going to get red zone targets. Again, tight end is the hardest position right now to get right in fantasy football. And if you can get a guy that's in top 10 range, that's going to maybe possibly average out through the season of getting you 10 points a week, you cannot go wrong with that. And that's what John Smith is. Yeah, I mean he he's still a weekly starter in your lineup because tight end is so bad. But uh, I, I mean he he is trending more towards a, a a matchup dependent play because I do worry about the volume of the Titans passing offense. Like their passing offense, Johnny Smith's a talented player, but this passing offense runs through AJ Brown and and you know, Ryan Tannehill last week. It was another kind of weird week where he only threw twenty one total passes, and AJ Brown still managed. Of Ryan Tannehill's 158 passing yards, A.J. Brown had 101 yards of it. He's the clear number one option. And so, Johnny Smith is kind of a, a, a more matchup-dependent player, but for the most part, he's going to be in my lineup. And Corey Davis only had three targets last week. It was a season low for him. But again, Chicago's been fantastic against opposing wide receivers all season long. And so, I, I don't read too much into that matchup. This is a, a, a tough matchup against the Colts as well. But... 
they're beatable through the air more so than they are on the ground. So I, I would expect the Titans to try to throw a little bit in this game. Uh, and as far as the Colts go, you know, it's, it's a favorable matchup, but the Colts offense just isn't an, an offense that I want pieces of right now. You know, Jordan Wilkins led the team in touches again last week out of their backfield. Um, you know, I, I'm not necessarily selling Jonathan Taylor unless you could still get some value for him, but I, I, I doubt the value's there because everybody's worried about what his role is right now. And, you know, maybe he is banged up. Maybe there's some truth to what Frank Reich has been saying. But he fumbled last week, and then after he fumbled, it was all Jordan Wilkins. And their passing offense is a mess. Uh, I mean, Michael Pittman did come back last week, and he did get a, a, a decent amount of targets, and he did have a lot of routes. So Michael Pittman could be somebody that you take a look at. Yeah, I think he's more of a dart throw because it's a Thursday night game. And, you know, the Titans secondary is bad. They've been beatable all season. But I'm not attacking these Colts pass catchers in my fantasy lineups. I'd rather just avoid it. And same goes for their backfield. I still think you need to add Jordan Wilkins on waivers if he's available in your league because his role seems to continue to expand. Uh, but you'd like to you'd like to hope that Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy moving forward. But I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Because Jordan Wilkins has just looked like a more explosive player. Jonathan Taylor, like even though the Colts have a great offensive line, it seems like every week he's just underperforming even when he was getting the opportunities. Now he's not getting the opportunities. I don't see how he can be a weekly starter in your lineup at this point. He's more of a, a matchup-dependent flex play that you're just hoping finds the end zone. Yeah, I think it's – I don't know if it's like now that we've done it. Maybe you and I did it a couple of weeks ago. Well, I think we missed. I, I don't think – I know we missed on Jonathan Taylor because I, I saw Jonathan Taylor being – not Kareem Hunt uh, of, of 2017, obviously not that high. That was league-leading rusher and, and took the league by storm. But similar like shades of that, where there was more offense of numbers that were available, especially the way Phillip Rivers likes to divvy out the ball, like how he was in, in uh, Los Angeles. But, uh, yeah, sort of, I mean, it's if you can trade him, I think if you can get some sort of value for him, maybe – or if he's he's more of like a package deal kind of guy, like you're really trying to go get a, a big top receiver, but you want to pad in the deal a little bit, so you throw in Jonathan Taylor, and maybe somebody's like, oh, yeah, he's supposed to be. I don't know. I think we're a year early on Jonathan Taylor. We missed it, and uh, that's all I have with Colts offense. Yeah, and, and so with, with Jonathan Taylor, it's just I never necessarily looked at him like he was going to be a lock RB1 is a rookie, and, and I've, I've been talking about it a lot. Really, this rookie running back class, for the most part, has been a disappointment this season. Like, you know, there, there was a reason that there wasn't a a Christian McCaffrey type of player who was going to go in the top 10 at, at running back this year. There's a lot of guys who were talented, who were good college backs, who could have large roles in the NFL, and who could be number one running backs eventually. They're just not going to do it as rookies. And, and Jonathan Taylor, I just haven't been that impressed with him. Uh, from what I've seen, and he's got a long way to go in his development. Uh, he, he's got a lot to learn at the NFL level, and hopefully he does turn that around. Hopefully we see him have some big games uh, moving forward because the Colts do actually have a really, really favorable running back schedule the rest of the year. So if you're a running back needy fantasy owner, you're kind of a, a fringe playoff contender. He is a guy that I would target tra trade trade for at, uh, at value. If I can get him, if I can find a fancy owner who's just 
who's tired of it. They're tired of him splitting carries. They're tired of you know him just not producing with the opportunities that he's getting. I, I think there's some value there if you can try to trade a guy like, oh, I don't know. I, I'd probably trade David Montgomery for Jonathan Taylor right now just because of the schedule. Moving forward, Jonathan Taylor's got a much easier schedule, and, and I still think that if he is healthy, they want to try to get him more reps and try to develop him a little bit more. So he's still a guy that I would target. It's just... You know, we, we really got to see how it how it shakes out the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, the Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, this should actually be a really good game. Uh, Deshaun Watson, since Bill O'Brien was fired, Deshaun Watson has really come on fantasy-wise. Uh, he's been fantastic. The Texans actually got a couple of wins under their belt now. And... Will Fuller, obviously a weekly starter. Thankfully, they didn't trade him to the Green Bay Packers. I've got Deshaun Watson in my guillotine league. Uh, It looks good for me moving forward. Deshaun's been fantastic. Will Fuller's quietly having a fantastic season. And Brandon Cooks, since they got rid of Bill O'Brien, Brandon Cooks is a weekly fantasy starter right now. He hasn't had less than nine targets in any game since they got rid of Bill. And and, and he's, he's getting consistent looks. And he's finding the end zone. He's got three touchdowns in his last four games. Brandon Cooks is a weekly starter for me right now. And this is a favorable matchup against the Browns secondary that hasn't been good all season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that we could literally sit here and talk about how great this Texans offense is once Bill O'Brien leaves. And even still, they have a defensive coordinator who does no idea what they're doing coaching, uh, keeping this team in a positive form. But slowly but surely Deshaun Watson is turning heads in fantasy football. I guess that's kind of interesting, but also, I don't know, it makes me feel apathetic to say because I think we should have seen it coming. In fact, a buddy of mine even asked me, they said, if I had the opportunity straight up to trade Lamar Jackson for Deshaun Watson, should I do it? And I told him no, because obviously you just ride out with Lamar Jackson because there's so much potential there. But you look at what Deshaun Watson's done the last four weeks. In ESPN, this is per their league, so full point PPR, 24 points, 32 points, 24, 24. He's the sixth ranked quarterback in their system. Now, obviously, Mahomes is one, Russell Wilson's two, but that shows you where Deshaun Watson is and where this team was, and it hasn't been anything that has affected him except the only thing that it might affect is that he's just going to keep getting better, and he is kind of a serious talk when it comes to top quarterbacks this year in fantasy football. I'd, I'd trade Lamar Jackson for Deshaun Watson right now. Right now you would do that? Yes. 100% wouldn't even think about it? Yep. I, 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 generally, uh, I generally don't target Damn. quarterbacks for trades in fantasy because I think they're, for the most part, they're pretty interchangeable. Like th- this season, they're absolutely interchangeable unless you have Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes. And, right. and every other guy has been, for the most part, pretty interchangeable. And Lamar Jackson, I love Lamar Jackson. I still don't think that we've seen the best version of the Baltimore Ravens. But he's been a huge letdown this season. Like, based on where he was going, he was number one, number two quarterback off the board in every fantasy draft, going, like, late second, early third round in a lot of fantasy drafts. And he has not come close to that level of production as opposed to where he was going in drafts. Like, he is, you know... If you drafted Saquon Barkley number two overall, he got injured, tore his ACL, 
Nothing you can do about that. That's a lost season. Lamar Jackson has done worse to your fantasy team on a week-in, week-out basis based on where you drafted him because you could you could get Ryan Tannehill in the 11th round, and he's been better than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, the only thing that I just – it's hard for me to do is that when we get to this point in the season when trades start actually becoming more of a serious thought than just – shooting darts at a dartboard early on in the season because either somebody gets hurt. You look at Lamar Jackson's playoff run, week 13 through 16 in most leagues, Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, and the Giants. That's why I kind of hold on to Lamar Jackson a little bit more than maybe just right now 100% shoot from the hip, bang, trade him, I don't want him, he's going to let me down. Because hopefully in your league, you're still in contention for the playoffs, so hopefully you're still trying to get to that point. And you have to start looking at those matchups later on the season. And the other thing, too, is that hopefully you did your homework and you found a quarterback that you can play matchup-wise while you don't play Lamar Jackson. And you have to think that it's a full season. These numbers have to weigh themselves out. Lamar's going to come around. I'm not 100% ready to deal him for Deshaun Watson. I get it. It makes sense if you look at it from that point perspective. But I'm holding him on because I'm looking at the last couple weeks in the playoff push. Now, I get it. It can be, you know, kind of weird to say that because if you have to get to the playoffs first, if you have to make that push, then yes, you have to make a trade. But I look at those weeks of the playoff start, and that's a very, very, very favorable matchup for Lamar Jackson. Oh, I I mean, I just, I'm done sitting around waiting for it. Like, you can say, (laughs) you can say we're going to, we're going to get there. He's going to turn this thing around. We're in week 10. This isn't, this isn't week five. We're right. in week 10 of the NFL season. And so, yeah, you got to make a move. If you took Lamar Jackson in the second round, I'd be shocked if you're a fringe playoff team right now. And if you are, credit to you. You, you built a, a talented enough roster to be in contention despite the fact that he is letting you down pretty much each and every week. And so I love Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's got a favorable fantasy playoff matchup. But if you're 500 right now, you can't you can't wait till week 13 week 14 like you you need you need production right now and i would much rather have deshaun watson um uh david johnson did uh leave last week's game with the concussion he's in the protocol this week so you got to kind of pay attention to that duke johnson did take over as a lead back i would imagine he's going to stay there hopefully maybe we'll finally get a taste of duke johnson as a legitimate you know lead running back in an offense if David Johnson doesn't go. Duke Johnson's in play for me. Cleveland's running defense has been pretty good all year, though. Um, And as far as the Browns go, Baker Mayfield's on the COVID list, but he could get cleared sometime this week. And so if he gets removed from the COVID list, Baker Mayfield's in play for me. If you're you're a Patrick Mahomes owner and you're desperate for a streamer, I I would consider playing Baker Mayfield, but I'm not inserting him into my lineup um, if I have anybody else that's it's a viable fa- starting fantasy quarterback. Um, and as far as their pass catchers go, it's Austin Hooper and Jarvis Landry. That, that That's about it. Nick Chubb was cleared to return to practice this week or return from IR. Uh, so he could be activated as early as this game. If Nick Chubb goes in this game, I'm playing him and Kareem Hunt because you can run all over the Houston Texans. Yeah, not only can you run all over the Houston Texans, if they don't have Baker Mayfield, they're not going to throw the ball as much. So... Dual running backs are going to get about even uh, touches there. I'm kind of high on Austin Hooper this week just because of the matchup and also if there is the chance Baker doesn't play. 
for some reason there's like this weird trend that backup quarterbacks always seem to find the tight end a little bit more uh, when they're in play. So I'm kind of high on Austin Hooper this week. I think he has a big week. So if you're looking for a streaming tight end, like maybe you want to just ignore what we said about Gianno Smith where you just plug a guy at the top 10. I'm big on Austin Hooper this week. And also if Nick Chubb plays, I'm also big on Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the same lineup together if you did handcuff those two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. We already talked about this a little bit. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, they haven't ruled him out or anything like that. He's day-to-day, but there's a chance he doesn't go. Um, if he does not play in this one, then Mike Davis is 100% in my lineup. I know that it's a, a tough matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we just know Mike Davis's role. Like He is guaranteed, if he plays in this game, Mike Davis is guaranteed you know, to, to get you 8, eight to 10 PPR points if he finds the end zone, even better. You, you just got you just got to put him in your lineup. Um, you know, he did against Tampa Bay earlier in the season. They did lose that game, uh, and that was a game where Christian McCaffrey got hurt and left. That was in week two. He only had one carry for one yard, but he did, did have eight catches for 74 yards. So, like, whatever running back is their lead running back is going to have a role in their passing game. So, so even if Christian McCaffrey doesn't go, Mike Davis needs to be in your lineup. Um, I'm curious how you feel about these Panthers wide receivers. Curtis Samuels had back-to-back big games for the Panthers. He was their top wide receiver last week. Robbie Anderson, still a PPR machine. He's a, a safe PPR floor guy who's going to get you at least 10 points a game, basically, because he just gets volume. And DJ Moore is the forgotten guy in this offense. He did nothing last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's been way too up and down for me to want to put him in my lineup against a, a strong Tampa Bay defense, even coming off a horrible game against the Saints. Yeah, I didn't know that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson led the NFL in uh, yards receiving as a duo. That's pretty interesting. I think Robbie Anderson's been the surprise fine slash receiver this year. I mean, I was always kind of like, Thought he could do it. He kind of did it a little bit in New York. Obviously, things didn't always go well in New York. They never do for Jets players. Um, but, yeah, interesting receivers. I think the way that Teddy Bridgewater looked last week, he looks like a guy who's accepted a role as a starting quarterback, and that's his spot. Um, now, they looked like a more complete team with Christian McCaffrey. We talked about this game enough. I will say this. If McCaffrey goes, don't expect a lot of numbers. Last year when he played the Bucs, it wasn't good. Bucks defense against the run, obviously, is good. We've already talked about it. My only question is, sir, we talked about trading Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. Are you giving any interesting thoughts about trading McCaffrey right now? No. Just hold on to him? I mean, it, it would depend on what the offer is. Like, everybody's always up for grabs in, in some circumstance. Like, you know, if... Because you can still get a big return with McCaffrey, I think, right now. See, I don't think you can. I, I think everybody's going to try to get him at value if they can because of the shoulder injury now. So, like, if I could get Derrick Henry for Christian McCaffrey, I might make that deal. But if somebody's offering me Jonathan Taylor for Christian McCaffrey, I'm obviously not going to take that yeah. deal. And at this point, I'm basically – I've waited so long into the season to have him back – I'm not giving him back up. I'm not giving him up, you know, right right when he returns to watch some other team get get that production for him. I've I've held on to him for this long. I I'm gonna ride it out and I'm gonna my fantasy season's gonna live and die with him at this point. If I wanted to trade him, I should have done it a month ago. 
That's fair. I just, you know, I think sometimes you can get wild with some of these uh, predictions and how to trade people. And I didn't know if there was like maybe a couple receivers you could package together for that late run. But anyway, you want to get me Dalvin Cook and uh, all their options that have been up and down and so frustrating on that side of the ball. Yeah, you want to give me Dalvin Cook right now? We can talk about Christian McCaffrey. That's okay. Dalvin McCook is going straight. Two thousand and like twelve. Jamal Charles. Yeah, he's been absolutely unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, as far as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go, it's a train wreck. Um, You know, obviously just absolutely god-awful game uh, against the Saints on on Sunday Night Football. I I don't know what Tom Brady's deal is with the Saints now. His worst games of the year were against the Saints. Uh, they complete, they were completely dismantled by the saints. Both times they played them this season. Um, Chris Godwin was back. He didn't do much. I mean, the entire offense didn't do anything. They only ran the football five times. Uh, Ronald Jones did start the game, but as soon as they got down, they went straight to Leonard Fournette as their pass catching back. I still think there's value in positive game scripts for Ronald Jones, but it's, it's going to be hard to find those games because you're basically trying to predict those ahead of time. Uh, if you're thin at running back, I still think he's a, a a weekly guy who could be in play because I think if they get in positive game scripts, I still think that Ronald Jones is going to be their, their early down running back. It's just when they start having to pass a lot, they're going to go to Leonard Fournette because he's just better at it than Ronald Jones is. Uh, Mike Evans, disappointing game. This whole thing with Mike Evans and Tom Brady, like, did Mike Evans do, like, something like Nick Foles did? Like, Tom Brady refuses to shake Nick Foles' hand because he clearly hates him for whatever reason. I don't know what Nick Foles did to Tom Brady. I don't know what Mike Evans yes, did. Do. I don't know what Nick Evans or Mike Evans did to Tom Brady because Mike Evans, Tom Brady's just refusing to target him downfield. And it doesn't make sense because there's been multiple – there's been multiple times this season where you could see Mike Evans just wide open and Tom Brady doesn't even look his way. There's multiple times in that Saints game where Mike Evans was streaking down the field wide open. It's not like the Saints def- it's not like the Saints secondary has been locked down this season. They've been giving up points left and right and Tom Brady just doesn't look his way. It doesn't make sense. And I I don't know what to do anymore because Mike Evans is too talented for you to bench on a weekly basis because he's always capable of having a monster game. But for some reason, Tom Brady's just not looking to get him the ball, and now they've got Antonio Brown added into the mix. Yeah, but wasn't Mike Evans this week, it was personal, though, right? Isn't like Marshawn Lattimore and him, and that that guy's name that they always battle? Yes, he's had some terrible, terrible games against Marshawn Lattimore. But yeah. like this past week, he wasn't terrible because Marshawn Lattimore was all over him. Marshawn Lattimore is having a terrible season. And Mike Evans was open multiple times, and Tom Brady just didn't throw him the football. Yeah, but don't we do this every year with Mike Evans where right when we want to give up on it, it's like the Sopranos where Silvio Dante is like, just when I want to get out, they keep pulling me back in. That's Mike Evans. He has a terrible week, and then the next week he'll come back and he'll have like 33 points of 10 catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. And it's like he wasn't targeted. I remember one, at least one time Brady targeted Mike Evans twice back to back, and they just didn't seem to be on the same page. I'm like you. I don't know if he's done something to piss Tom Brady off. You know damn well what Nick Foles did to Tom Brady. Not only did he show that man up in the Super Bowl, he's also got a better nickname than Tom Brady that speaks more truth 
That's why he's mad at Nick Foles. But yeah, the Mike Evans thing's frustrating. The Chris Godwin situation's frustrating. Antonio Brown looked completely lost in that game. I know he still had like 30 yards on a few receptions, but looks like the timing's still off. And then, yeah, it's just the Tampa Bay Bucks are, for as good as they are, as consistent as they can be, their offense is, I'm completely lost with what to do with their offense every week. Oh, and, you know, Mike, yeah, Mike Evans has had some, uh, some boomer bust accusations in the past, you know, but this season he's only got 200 yard performances and it was 104 yards and 122 yards. He scored in both those games early on in the year. He wasn't getting any yards, but he was scoring touchdowns. He's not even doing that now. Right. But last season, like his, his boom games last season were nuts, just absolute monster performances. Like, and he only had 300 yard games last year, but he did have multiple games where he was like right on the cusp of of having uh of having a hundred yards. And so it's just been it's just been frustrating. If you if you're Mike Evans owner because you know the talent, you know how good he is. Like last season he had a game where he had 190 yards, three touchdowns, 198, two touchdowns, 180, one touchdown. So like when he blew up last year, he blew up and he was the wide receiver one on those weeks, I would have to imagine. He hasn't come close to that type of production this year, and I don't think it's Mike Evans' fault. I think it's Tom Brady's fault. You blaming Tom? <laughs> Just it's a hundred percent Tom Brady's <laughs> fault. Tom Brady's not getting him the football. No, I mean I, that hurts Bruce. Bruce is the guy that always says, hey, he's just fine. Nothing's wrong. Maybe Bruce can't get the right play drawn up, but, I mean, he's not the one throwing the ball. So, I, I'm with you on the Tom thing. It's just I figured it'd be a little bit better than this, but I'm like you. I'm, I'm kind of mentally exhausted when it comes to Tampa Bay. Let's burn through uh, another couple of matchups real quick before we get out of here. Uh, the Green Bay Packers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags coming off of... A loss, but still a nice performance. DJ Chark had a monster game from rookie quarterback Jake Lutton. Um, I don't think you can start any Jag this week besides James Robinson. Not even DJ? DJ Chark is incredible, and I absolutely (laughs) love his talent. You know how I feel about him as a player. I love him. He was fantastic last week. And it was really the best he's looked all season because he's been kind of battling injuries all year. But the Packers, the you know the the one area that their defense has been great at this season because their defense isn't getting sacks like they were last year either. Their defense, in that regard, has been kind of a letdown. It's in their secondary. Jair Alexander is a shutdown corner, and DJ Chark is probably going to see a lot of Jair Alexander. So that that worries me for this matchup especially with a rookie quarterback in Jake Lutton. Uh, they already said Gardner Minshew is probably going to miss another week. And so they're going to have a rookie sixth-round quarterback going against one of the best teams in the NFC. I, I just don't like the matchup. And I, 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 I mean, I would probably still start DJ Chark because I doubt I have anybody better than him. And you're, you're basically just hoping for garbage time touchdowns because I expect the Packers to win and win big. Yeah, you said it all the important stuff right at the end. I know we got to keep burning through these, but I'm – I'm starting DJ Chark because the backup quarterbacks always go find their one receiver. When I say one receiver, I mean the wide receiver one. They did it last week. Yes, Green Bay has a shutdown corner and a shutdown defense. They might get blown out by the Packers, 
but the targets are going to be there in a high number, so I'm just willing to ride that gamble, and I'm like you. You probably don't have a better receiver to put in with DJ Shark because he's that good and you drafted him that high. Um, obviously, if you have a great matchup, think about that. But I would start DJ Shark just because I feel like the, the targets will be there enough to, even if he only has four catches for 75 yards, that's better than probably what you have on the bench. And you know that that's just probably the low ball of what it can be because he'll have at least eight to ten targets. And obviously you're starting Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Jones, assuming Aaron Jones is healthy. He did play last week, so I assume he's going to be good to go in this week. Uh, the Chargers at the Dolphins. This is all of a sudden a super intriguing fantasy matchup. Justin, My game of the week. Yeah, Justin Herbert Ugh. has been absolutely lights out. Keenan Allen, since Justin Herbert took over as a starter, has been a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL each and every week. Uh, Hunter Henry's been a huge letdown, so uh, <laughs> he, he's he's a you know he's a, a matchup dependent tight end, just like uh, so many other tight ends are. Uh, Justin Jackson did get hurt last week, uh, so you know it's Joshua Kelly. I think Justin Jackson. Uh, we haven't gotten an injury report on him yet this week. If he's good to go, I think you can start Justin Jackson this week. If not, I guess it's Joshua Kelly. Uh, but the Dolphins' defense is much better than people realize. And especially over the last two weeks, their defense has been absolutely fantastic. And so it's a tough matchup, but I'm still definitively starting Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. But I really want to get your thoughts on the Dolphins, Dusty. Uh, Tua coming off the very strong performance. He does, in my opinion, Tua needs to be added in all leagues. I don't think he needs to be your, become your weekly starter or anything. But he should throw him on the bench. And let's see what he does over the next couple of weeks. Because he's going to be the starter moving forward for the Dolphins. The Chiefs have to play the Dolphins here in a few weeks. There's a chance that the Dolphins are like seven and five, eight and four, or something like by the time they play the Chiefs, because they've got a very favorable schedule over the next month. And they could easily win this game against the Chargers. I loved what Tua did last week. Preston Williams did get hurt. Uh, a little worried about him in this game. But Mike Jasicki, I think he's going to get more involved in the offense with Tua under center. Uh, I think Devontae Parker is going to be more involved. It is a tough matchup, but I'd still play both of those guys this week. Uh, I'm avoiding the Dolphins' backfield, though, until they get Miles Gaskin back. Yeah, I'm with you when it comes to the backfield. But, I mean, you think about last week when you look at how two – now, granted, this was game of the week last week. This is why, this is why Miami is last year's Tampa Bay slash Carolina Panthers team for me because Miami is – Better than people think. That defense, like I think you tweeted last week, is a little bit better than people give it credit for. And not only that, but Tua is going to sling it. Like, Tua's not there to just throw 20 times a game. Last week, Tua was 20 of 28, 248, two touchdowns. He spread the ball out evenly. Devontae Parker had six uh, receptions. Preston Williams had four receptions. Giusecki had three for 42. Grant, four for 35. Parker and Williams are great receivers for guys like Tua Tugavaloa because he can get those guys the ball. He loves to throw it deep. He's going to throw the ball. He's not just going to be shy. And boy, does this game have pure sports horny written all over it because it's Herbert, it's Tua. Both guys were drafted to be franchise quarterbacks. They both throw the ball out. This game could be another one of those 35, 38 type of games that just take forever to finish but you also don't want them to end, and there's just so much fantasy value here with Parker and Williams and Keenan and Herbert and Tua. and Ek I mean, there's just so much going on in this game, so I'm, I'm super excited for this one. 
Uh, yes, I am legitimately excited for it. It's going to be a game that I think a lot of people are going to be paying attention to because it's two young, exciting quarterbacks in the NFL. So hopefully that game lives up to the expectation. Uh, he's Dusty Likens. I'm Steven Serter. Thank you guys so much for joining us each and every week. Ugh, I just like cracked a little bit right there. I was going to say we had a perfect podcast. Tell yeah, that. Tell that. Um, if you guys have missed me on Fantasy Football Sunday, I know I've been off for three weeks. I've missed you guys, too. Uh, you know, Chiefs schedule kind of dictates when we're on the air these days. I will be back this Sunday morning at let's 9 a.m. on 610 Sports Radio. Let's go. So let's go through some matchups on Sunday morning. Listen to the podcast. Tune in Sunday morning. Let's go win. Let's try to get into the playoffs over the next couple of weeks. We'll talk to you guys soon. Be easy. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.